All right, and welcome back to Talk Anything with Cass. And I've got a big group today because I'm doing something a little different today. And I have a panel with me today with um, some of my friends. We've got Eric from Dungeons and Pop. We've also got Dan, who, what did you say? You were a writer, adventurer? Yeah, I've done a little bit of everything from uh, music and film and role playing games. And I'm working on a uh, forthcoming uh, actual play podcast called Random Encounters Metadimensional Travel Guide, which is like Wonderful. A, like Anthony Bourdain, but playing D&D. Wonderful. I'm a humongous Anthony Bourdain fan as a chef for 22 years, so I get that. I've read like every single one of his books. I'm a huge fan. Um, and also we've got Sam and we've got River and we've also got Sean from Dungeons and Pop and... Um, oh, Sam's like a regular now on Dungeons and Pop now too. It's amazing. You've been doing a lot of uh, what was it, cyberpunk? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I play as uh, Celeste in cyberpunk. That's amazing. I'm so excited to see you getting out there. I think I'm also there. the only person in here who has been personally slighted by Kevin Smith at a oh. Comic Con. <laughs> I think I, I think, think that would be true. I think you're the only person in this room that has met Kevin Smith. Um, I, I met him once at a film festival. Jason Muse spurned me. Oh. Yeah. The the only claimed fame, quote unquote, that I have is I believe it was in 2013. I was at BotCon, which is a Transformers convention. Mm-hmm. And I past Peter Cullen in the hallway. Nice. Vegas was crazy for me with all that stuff. I could go on for days with all of that stuff. But anyways, um, so today we're going to play like a kind of get to know you trivia fun game. And it's going to be kind of a little bit different than you would normally be used to. So uh, I'm kind of excited. I found this game at a a grocery store this weekend. So (laughs) I was like, idea for a show <laughs> so i hope Take you guys have fun where it. you can get it right exactly uh, i was like let's let's see if we can have fun with this so um so the first person i'm going to call upon will be eric all right are you ready i am okay so where's the one place you would want to hide out if there was a zombie apocalypse oh gosh from a tactical standpoint, I would have to say a big box store, either Costco or Walmart. Specifically, I would say Costco because they are one bigger and they have more things. Fair. Yeah. And you'd be able to, like, make some sort of bunker out of that place, too. Oh, That'd for be... real. I mean, they have all, like, all sorts of furniture there and electronics there. And I mean, like, computer, like, electronics. They're not just, say, a radio so you can hear the news or camping gear which means a walkie-talkie sure uh, or or a radio (laughs) they have automotive sections so hell you may be able to find a cb radio for all i know i'm with you on that one uh dan what same question uh well there i have a couple of little locations uh my my friend's compounds in the desert Uh, nice so uh i i used to live down in the mojave desert in this uh, sort of two-story tower um, that was abandoned, uh, I think That's I'd probably amazing. I think I'd probably head down there pretty quick, um, or somewhere that's away from cities. For sure, yeah. Pull a, pull a Bert Gummer. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize you were a fellow SoCal expat. Expat. Yeah, I was only down there for a few months. I was helping my friend uh, build an accordion shop out of a bus. Ah, okay. Yeah, good thing you did. That is a sentence. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Sam. You go to prison. You're on death row. What would your last meal be? Ah, god damn it. (laughs) I am so debating to take this serious or just the pull of me. Pork vanilla dose. <laughs> like, 
It's your last meal. You can have whatever you want. A buffet. A buffet? I'm with you there. Just yeah. a seafood Chinese buffet. <laughs> Just eel sushi. Oh my god. Just all food. I agree with that one. Uh, River, same question. Hmm. You know, I think I'd have to go with um, chicken and dumplings. The way my mom used to make them. And for dessert, chocolate mousse. Mm. Oh, yes. I make a mean chocolate mousse. I want. I, oh, I bet you God, do. I also want to add a lot of alcohol. <laughs> a shit ton of alcohol. So when I, I die, mean, I'm not gonna even know. I, ironically, I think like you can't be intoxicated yeah. when they're um, putting you. It also under depends on death. how I die. Like, you're gonna, right? Like if it's lethal injection, which I think is the primary method nowadays. Like. Like, it's ironic. That's you, the worst way to You're just gonna shoot me in the die. Face. <laughs> but you still have to follow certain surgery protocol. It's so yeah. weird. It's Which isn't dumb. even humane at all. It's That is a horrible fucking way to die, so. It's probably for legal and liability reasons that they oh, have yeah. a certain protocol to follow. Yeah, absolutely. Which is bullshit yeah. because you're dying anyway. Yeah. And you're somebody who's bad enough to be put on death row. Who cares about the dignity of the, yeah. like, multiple serial killer, I, you know? I'm if they that. themselves while they're dying, like, that would just be just. I, I bring up some... I, but, I, I apologize for interrupting, for one. Oh, no, no. And for two, I would like to bring up Robin Williams. And I believe it was his Broadway show. He did that little bit of... Um, you know, the lethal injection thing where they swab you with alcohol first and you're just like, what the fuck is this? Yep. What am I do? <laughs> Get an infection after I die? Seriously, it's like, you're dying. Who cares? Yeah, just <laughs> let at me... The, at, it, 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 I, maybe, maybe the government has a secret, like, zombie protocol and they know things that we don't about what, like, infection at the site of a lethal injection would do to zombies or something. Like, what does the government know that they're not telling us? Give us the truth! Granted, it's, to be fair, it's pretty embarrassing for them when they do mess up and uh, the the execution takes forever uh, because it's, mm -hmm. it, it's obviously extremely painful and everyone has to sit there and watch. Uh, and, yep. the, you know, and the Chances are we don't, you know, th they put uh, enough innocent people under the under the the injection that it's um, <laughs> it's it's unpleasant either either way you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just yeah. want to have a buffet. I want a cigarette. I want alcohol. I want one more night with my. Uh... Oh wait, technically we have a man in real life. Well, I want one night with my fucking boyfriend, and then okay, fine. Kill me. Off. <laughs> I, I mean, want to be fucking you know drunk. What? You're right. If, if my last meal includes yeah. a shit ton of alcohol, I'll just basically drink until alcohol poisoning. Right? Yeah, you know what? I think you have a point there, Sam, especially as somebody who's trying to quit smoking. If I was on oh, death row, give me that one last yes, cigarette. I will, stop, I will stop, stop smoking for that one, oh, that sweet, savory nicotine. <laughs> mm hmm <laughs> I'm All sorry, right, that my question went, went way longer. <laughs> Never start smoking, kids. It's, it's bad. Extremely bad. Uh, it's been my condone smoking. 15th year of quitting. So. Oh, that's awesome. Congrats, Cass. Thanks. That's awesome. Hard as fuck. Oh, yeah. Indeed. Especially oh, yes. in the yes, place that I was in at that moment. Like, it was not a good time, but I still did it anyway. It was crazy. Um, anyways, so, Sean, if you could have one superpower... What would it be? Huh, you you asked the right person for that one. Yeah, I know. I I was like, you know what? This is Sean. This is going to come up with like the best, most fantastical superpower ever. I'm ready. Hit me with it, Sean. Super intelligence because for one reason. I'm ready. I could take 
the water supply <laughs> with some kind of formula that gives superpowers and start oh. and turn the world into a superhero universe. Ooh. And, and, uh, Reed Richards is useless be damned. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me get this straight. You want super intelligence so you can be Gorilla Grodd? No, no, I want he to didn't, be He did not say he wants to turn the world into super intelligent <laughs> monkeys and then take over the world. He said he wants super intelligence to give other people superpowers. Exactly. If anything, it sounds more like Lex Luthor. Yeah. Well, the, true. The worst thing about super intelligence would be the super depression. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but that would be why no. I want to make the world interesting. <laughs> I love Fair that. We're understimulated. That's my power. Actually, it's kind of funny. Uh, my fiance and I were just watching a show the other day where, like, everyone on the planet has a superpower, but this one girl. <laughs> it's it's by far hilarious. Like this one guy, oh, he yeah. um, can give an, a girl an orgasm or a guy an orgasm, like anything an orgasm, just by touching them. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I've seen that advertised on yeah, Hulu. It's really funny. <laughs> Um, Eric, same question. Superpowers. Yeah. What's one superpower you would have? Oh, gosh. As a creative, I think all of us would appreciate what I'm about to say. I'm so ready. The ability to fully manifest into reality that idea that I am just thinking about. Ah. Which is to say, a story, be it a script or a, a, or a prose story or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I have the thought, boom, there And it you're is. there. I so like that a lot. It comes if with an on and off switch. Oh my god. What I, Fan fiction writers oh. everywhere envy you so much. <laughs> you joke, there. but that's where I got my writing start. <laughs> I love that a lot. What I'm hearing is you want to be actually able to 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 physically beat the crap out of your brain worms. God, yes. And, 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 and your anxiety and just beat it and just kick it out of the house. Do you know how... You know, actually, I hadn't thought about that, but to physically manifest an anthropomorphization of... My depression, my anxiety, my whatever. And be able to defeat it. I get that. And just kick yep. the shit. Just I have mollywomp it until it's begging me. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. No, I have an idea about a story about sleep demons and like battling them. I may them. have been watching a little too much Psychonauts lately. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wait, awesome. how do you watch Psychonauts? A friend plays the game. Let's yeah, play. let's plays. Specifically for me right now, uh, my and Sean's friend from the podcast, who goes by the name Arsel, is playing Psychonauts and Psychonauts 2, cool. and I'm watching him stream it over Discord. Awesome. But yeah, it, it, it would be so fun to just go, oh yeah, I really wish, you know, I really picture it this way, that way, and that way, and... Boom, there it is. Yeah. I Diorama. Love that. Prop weapon. Fully written story. <laughs> and then as you like think the story as it goes, it just melds into the world. I love that so much. That's why I would do it in like scenes. Yeah. You know, I think of a scene, I do that. Yeah. You know. Because then it's, you know, the idea is out. Editing, tweaking. That that's easy. It's it, it's the initial brain to fingers to whatever I'm putting it on be it the computer sure. or the uh, notebook. Absolutely. That's the hard part. I get that. Y'all have all these cool answers and I just want to be able to fly. <laughs> there is something to be said about getting away from it all at 30,000 feet. Yeah, not exactly. exactly. I like to fly in airplanes, but like as far as heights go, I'm like good. Um, <laughs> I've so, got a man. story. Since since I s said thirty thousand feet, I have a funny story. I'm okay, not going to tell I'm it ready. now because because 
you know, we're in the middle of this, of this. So no, I, I don't want to side. All right. No, it's well. fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Tell me. All right. So the show is called Talk yeah. Anything. Anything it is. So my brother, uh, my younger brother by five years, he loves sharing information with me, trying to like, hey, have you heard of this? I annoy the absolute shit out of him because generally, yes, I have. Mostly because I'm a nerd. <laughs> right? We all are. He he gets me the other day, though. He goes, I, I get a text message and I, and, and I from him and it goes, Okay, Mr. Wordsmith, I got a new word for you. And I'm like, all right. Well, he, he comes to my room and tells me to look up a specific word. And I am currently going to look for it because I want to get this word correctly. Okay. Is it uh, defenestration? Yes. It is not <laughs> defenestration. Although that is a fun <laughs> word. And it does mean to bodily yeet someone out of a window. <laughs> I love that we have a word for something so specific. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think it originated from when when politicians were shitty in the old days and they didn't have as much power. If you fucked up in the town, you would be dealt with in such a manner. I love that. If uh, only. We should bring back the right. old days. Right? So, the word in question is snarge. What? Snarge. S N A R G E. Okay. I love it. Okay. Yeah. And my brother asks me, do I know what that is? I go, no. What is it? And he tells me that he himself didn't know this word and he heard it on a podcast he was listening to the other night to go to sleep. <laughs> and it popped up in an interview with an airport biologist. Which, that's a phrase that's new to me too, but I guess, you know, one has to study the wildlife around an airport, so you know what everything. Uh, snarge has to deal with what's left after a bird decides to say hello to an airplane. Oh god! <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Oh God! Now you don't know why. No, I'm picturing it. No. <laughs> no. Bird salsa. Oh, no. No. There's something I... worse about the fact you said that because the the wickedary saying says the especially a turbine engine is part of the definition. Especially, yeah, they, they, yeah. There's the frappe. It's just. <laughs> the worst part is is like I can absolutely see how that happened like some poor scientist was having to look at the remains of a bird and had to find a word to describe it and couldn't think of anything else and was just like you know it was just a bunch Snarr of snarge yeah. left to be fair that ball was probably an asshole so yeah he, I mean most birds are assholes yeah yeah, yeah. So. yeah, yeah I, I happen to agree with that the pick because the first, first, first thing if you put into Google, the wiktionary as a picture. Oh, you no told me you. not to. Now I have to. So <laughs> yep. that's on you. He did warn you. Yeah, and I know. No, I, yeah, I am putting, this out, I am putting this out here for as a content warning. Oh. If you look it up, oh, I and you. Dungeons and Pop. <laughs> will not be held responsible. Yes. Uh, that's now, not that bad. This reminds uh, me of the time I learned of the word smegma. Uh, here's the thing. The story does not end there. Because this story is keyed around the phrase 30,000 feet. Okay. This story is about not learning the word, but what happened when said airport biologist took a sample of some snarge and it came back as a deer. Oh. What? Yeah. Uh... A deer. From Snarge to deer is not the career arc I was expecting. No. Yeah. So this sample was collected from a plane that was flying at around 30,000 feet and hit a deer. 
And when my brother told me this, I'm like, please, God, tell me he did that this did not happen in December. And he goes, okay, I won't tell you that it happened around Christmas time. <laughs> oh, my just, God. Yeah, and when he said that, I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> Turns out it was actually a vulture whose last meal happened to be a deer. Oh, okay. Oh. I was, like, trying I mean, to figure out how a bird somehow got deer, and that makes a heck of a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah, like, I was trying to think of, like, what predatory birds can I think of that would be big enough to be able to carry a whole-ass deer to get caught? I mean, I'm not gonna lie, my first thought was jingle, jangle, jingle, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I was thinking of ways of how like a deer would have gotten onto like a plane's wing and like you know somehow like climbed up and just kind of slid down after it started to take off because no one noticed it was that's where my brain went like my brain just I'm, went fantastical. I'm just thinking of a deer getting sucked in through like the pressure of the wind because yeah. uh. Oh man, like that air force is enough to pick up anybody. So a deal is no exception. There is also the the possibility of simply frozen venison that got ejected out of a cargo hold. Yeah. To be fair though, to go back to your fantastical comic cast, yes. like I mean, the fact that pretty much all of us went immediately to, oh, poor Rudolph, <laughs> exactly. like, that's pretty fantastical, too. <laughs> On the upside, I've, I've suddenly got a great idea for a meat-themed smoothie bar. Oh, my God. Ew. <laughs> I would invest. <laughs> and that's when I figured out me and Dan are, are the, as Where's morbid We need together. to invest. <laughs> what were you saying, Sean? I found out something amazing. I found out the origin of that field of study. And oh, biology. Uh, yeah. For what's airport, the origin because, of it? Yeah, because on October fourth, nineteen sixty, a Lockheed L one eighty eight Electra airplane nose nose dived into Boston Harbor just seconds after takeoff. Out of seventy two crew members and passengers, only ten survived. As the investigators sorted through the rubble, they kept finding globs of what appeared to be black feathers. Such material eventually came to be known as snarge. Best investigators could surmise the engines had ingested a flock of birds, but no one could figure out what sort of bird could bring down an airplane of that size. Oh my god. So they, they called in Roxy Labor. This is their actual name. Okay. An ornithologist at the Symposium institution who was an expert on feathers. With the vast collection of museum specimens at her disposal, she compared microscopic patterns in the feather. What wrecked the Electra... It was not a large-bodied bird like a vulture, a turkey, or a crow. But rather, it was a flock of the diminutive European starlings. Aww. And in the decades after, airports would hire wildlife biologists to take the information she would provide and use it to help discourage these bird species from flocking around the, air, the flight path. Huh. That's very interesting. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, I'm sad for those starlings, but I'm glad that led to change to help the animals. Yeah, animus. for sure. I mean, that's generally how things end up evolving. Is evolve evolution yeah. through tragedy, it seems, anymore. Um, okay. So, Dan, if yeah. you could read only one book for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh, like one book over and over again, or for or experiencing it for the first time each time. Um, hmm. Ooh, Let's go. That's a good twist. Yeah, that is a good question. Let's go with um both, but answer the first one first. Okay. Um, I think that if I were gonna read a book over and over again, um. And it would probably be 
Understanding Media, the Extensions of Man uh, by Marshall McLuhan. Uh, okay. It's a, it, it was a book that came out in 1964 that talked about the, the role of technology as, as, um, as ecological factors. So like if you take each, um, each technology is essentially an extension of some human function. Uh, so the, the wheel is an extension of the foot, right? Literacy is a, a visual translation of spoken word. Um, so you can, you can sort of think about different technologies as being sort of prosthetics that a whole society uses. That's uh, cool. Yeah. And just thinking about the ways that we adapt to our environments and then the environments kind of shape us. Um, That's amazing. It's, it's Yeah, it's endlessly fascinating to me. Huh. That does sound like a really fascinating book. Yeah. Really. yeah. It pretty much started a whole field of study called media ecology. Hmm. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. I might have to see if I can find that at the bookstore here. Because I've got an incredible secondhand bookstore. <laughs> I love that <Yeah>. place. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, if I were going to read a book that I, I... It was the first time each time. Um, yeah. Gosh. Uh, it might be uh, Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, that's a good fucking book. Hell yeah! Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Um, just through reading that over and over again, I would start to suspect that my reality was not as it should be. Um, <laughs> I feel that. So, like twenty fifth reading through, like I've done this before, and <laughs> also the book is sort of implying that everything is happening all at once. <laughs> right. <laughs> Time it is an illusion. <laughs> um, Sam, same question. It, this feels like a trap. <laughs> oh no! Right there, I know it's a hard, it's a hard question because I love books. Just. Th th this is why having way too many interest is a bad thing because I can I cannot pick one thing. <laughs> oh god. Oh. Just think of your one favorite book that you always used to love to read. Probably the uh, The Heart of Tanglewood is one of my childhood favorites. Nice. And um Oh, but there's so many Aub and plant books I love too. <laughs> and those body autonomy books I love. Yeah, I would have to uh, say just to I like I, I know I haven't chimed in yet at all, but like uh, just because it's books um, on the road so by Jack Kerouac would be mine. Like I could read that one over yeah, and over. I. Y'all, I swear to God, like half of my house is just books. Yeah, me I'm too. I'm gonna have to build a wall ju right. of just books just so I can have separate rooms and not fuck up my books either. <laughs> I know what my answer is for both versions of the question. Okay. Yes, please. If that's no, that's okay. fine. Yeah, go yes. for it. So if I could only read one book for the rest of my life, like, knowing it and everything, that would be my um, special edition um, American Gods and Anansi Boys, like, double feature book that I've got. Um, hold on a second, I've got to fucking restart here, but I need to reschedule. But um, I have the American Gods and Anansi Boys, like, two-pack thing from Neil Gaiman. If I could only read one book for the rest of my life, it would be that one, partially because it's a twofer, and also just because, like, I love American Gods, and having a Nancy Boys as, like, the second oh, book dude. there is, like, a really nice palate cleanser that's still technically like a dude, sequel. Dude, go Good Omens is the shit. I fucking... That's... I love... Good Omens is fantastic I love well. that one. But if I could read only one book and have it be like I was reading it again for the first time every single time, 
that would be um, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Dude, that is a fucking good-ass book. I've read that. I go back to that, like, every (sighs) few years, and it changes my life and my worldview every single time. time. It is such a good book. I fucking love that book so much. It is... Okay. Anyways, so... (laughs) Uh, Sean, if you were a boxer... What would your entrance song be? My entrance song would be, and this is going to be a deep cut that I think only Eric's heard. (laughs) Okay. It was, it would be that original intro I did for Breaking Point when you meant you asked us all to do it and I was so excited I actually wrote out a little and I wrote out an intro for it before we even started recording <laughs> oh god I think I do remember that that has been a while because like it's like it's like really spooky honestly I I'm a I'm afraid to hit something because I I've accidentally put my foot through a an entire uh, um what's the name a bookcase just by dancing around. <laughs> Damn, and that's that okay. Was, that was when I was even, wasn't even a teenager. I was like a young teenager. I was like in the, I was in the tweens. Aw, but I that would have been such a cute little Sean. I was still kind of a chunky boy back then. That's I okay. I love. I there's. I would have pinched your little cheeks, and I still would have squeezed ya. <laughs> that was the same house my sister managed to lock herself in the bathroom, and we had to call the fire station to break down the door. <laughs> That's kind of hilarious. She, she broke down crying so fast. It was weird. Aww. Like she was. She was in her own house. Aww. You see a red dragonborn of some kind in front of you. She looks friendly enough. She smiles and waves as she she sees you approach what looks like an information desk in the middle of a forest. She waves. Welcome to Blazetopia. I'm Fantasy, your Blazetopia guide. Oh? You're looking for Cass. Cass is one of the most favorite heroes here. Oh? You haven't heard the story? Well, sit down. Get comfortable. Let me tell you about the first day Cass came to the land of Blazetopia. About the famous white baby's going into cornfield again. That's a beautiful oh, way to come back from the commercial break. A hundred percent. Just baby's coming back from the cornfield again. <laughs> oh no, going back into the cornfield. Oh god. Oh, that's even that's worse. <laughs> See, that, that's the opening to a horror film. <laughs> oh man, living next to a fucking cornfield was a whole film. Especially when those sounds of animals that you don't recognize and movement right behind your house... He who walks between the rows must be fed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, 100%. I I am a city boy. Say. I am a I am a white bread wonder. Oh. I am a white bread Caucasian. Even I know that noise you heard. No, you didn't. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and this is why uh, nothing to see here. Eric, you will survive any scary movie because you are the white guy who's not going to act like a white guy is like nope yeah. nope I didn't heal shit I've studied the folklore yeah. I know my myths and legends <laughs> I'm yeah. not stupid I'll do the toilet room no don't do it listen, listen here Fred <laughs> My ex and I had an old policy of basically, we called it no horror movie situations, where basically if we looked at something that like maybe we wanted to do or that we were curious about, but as the situation was progressing, we were like, this feels like the setup for a horror movie. We would turn around because we're both white as fuck. So, you know, 
we didn't want to be in a horror movie. And one time we were off-roading with some people in their new SUV. Mm-hmm. Well, new to them SUV. But it was still the dead of winter and we went up into the mountains. So the SUV got high and centered on a snowbank and we had to wait for some friends to come to help pull us out. Mm-hmm. And so while we were waiting, he got really frustrated and he was going to go, he was about to go stomping off to find some higher ground to try to get a cell phone signal. And he was really pissed and he was really frustrated. And I started following him, even though he said he wanted to be alone. And he was like, I told you I need to be alone. I need some space. And I was like, Brad, horror movie situation. And he stopped and he was like, damn it, you're right. Okay, fine. You can come with me. <laughs> Still horror movie situation, but less so. Yes, as long as he wasn't alone, it's less of a horror film situation. I call that we're having sex, not at that moment, but you know, like now you guys make me got me considering I may be a fave because I've had way too many situations involved going in and out of cornfields that I shouldn't have. (laughs) According to horror movie logic. Sean, yeah. if you ever want to talk about Faye blessings, like we can chat privately. <laughs> I mean, fair. Okay. Wait, anyway, let's point? resume. Um. So, Dan, if you were a boxer, what would your entrance song be? Uh, it would be. It's a little obscure. Um, but I like there's, it. There's a uh, Canadian punk band called Hanson Brothers. Not mm-hmm. not the Mbop Hanson. No, no, no. Brothers, yeah, but, I, know, uh, I, get, I know. Yeah, but Hanson Brothers, they have a, a song about hockey called My Game. Yep, I know. I know that song. Works for me. <laughs> Excellent walk-up music. It is a good song. Uh, all right, Eric, what yes. song will get you up and dance to no matter what? What song would get me up and dancing? No, no matter, matter what. What? Yeah. It can be any genre. Oh, God. This is going to be embarrassing, but I am a nerd. Um, Not so much dancing, but I will... There is not just one song, but one soundtrack that will without fail get me belting out like I am on stage. <laughs> and I can already tell you I know Sean knows what I'm, Sean knows where I'm going with this. It is an 80s it, it is a, it is a soundtrack to a movie mm-hmm. filled top to bottom with 80s glam rock Gloriousness. Oh, yeah. And one singular Weird Al song. Are you, are you talking about the. the Is the it one of his pokas? I'm thinking of. Wait, Is it, it is not Alabama? one of. Are you kidding me? That... I didn't hear this. I didn't hear what you said. No, 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 no. Exactly. Sean, Sean, Sean asking if they're, they're all glam rock, and I'm like, they're power ballads. They're glam rock. I don't They're... know what glam rock is other than glam rock Freddy. Kiss! <laughs> Stuff like Kiss, you know, the long hair, the, the makeup, oh, yeah. the, uh-huh. just the, the uh-huh. overreactive, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, hell fucking yeah. glam. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> Sean, Sean, Sean got it. It is the soundtrack to The Transformers, the movie. From 1986. Uh, okay, okay. That's right. Hunger, you, uh, the touch. Uh, I feel like nothing's gonna stand in our way. Soundtrack from the 80s and 90s. Well, mostly the 80s. Like I could get up and move to like Footloose. Every song on that one, I stupid. can. Yeah, yeah, I could totally. Can I do change that. my answer? I actually have an actual. I know why. I got a better answer that people can actually look up. <laughs> <laughs> Go for Nothing it. will beat mine, I can tell you that much. A maximum the hormone. The intro to Death Note. Oh, okay. Okay. My name is Kira. My name is Kira. Etc. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Because <laughs> it is, it is, if I remember correctly, they are Pop J Metal. That is an interesting mix. Pop J Metal. Oh yeah, they've got all sorts of stuff these days. It's been it's been an interesting ride with the metal scene. <sighs> um, alright. So who is next? Sorry, I had to make sure I had those in the in the folder. Sam, same question. What song will get you up and dancing no matter what? Oh god. Uh, probably most music. I'm a very musical person. Sure. It just depends on, um, how badly do I feel like getting arrested in public? (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Dance like no one's watching only works for for so much, right? Exactly. (laughs) Like something, like something songs. Shouldn't put on Pony when you're in, uh, the the Costco. We don't need you grinding (laughs) on, uh, on that display of uh, t-shirts. Well, <laughs> hey, oh, entertainment, God, okay? Listen, listen. <laughs> I will make that shit hail, alright? Okay. <laughs> First of all, I have, when I am cleaning house and I'm alone, I have to let my anal stripple out because it helps me get through the day. So I will play uh, Sierra Ride It or Motivation by Kelly... Oh god. It's Kelly and Wiz Khalifa. So I will be dancing and grinding however the hell I want while I'm cleaning and dusting and vacuuming. When I'm out in public, I try to be careful of my getting dirty will get clean. Yeah. <laughs> in my house, absolutely. <laughs> but then it's if I hear like a good cha cha, I start cha chaing like in the middle of a Walmart, just like, oh god, no. No, not now. I hate Walmart. That's but so then I'm dancing in Walmart or in the Target. It's like it. It if I like a song, I am probably going to dance to it, regardless of the genre. It just depends on what type of song and what type of dance you should be aware of. <laughs> sure. All right, River. In the event. Of a zombie apocalypse, what would your weapon of choice be? Hmm. One weapon. One weapon. Yeah. See, I'm a weirdo amongst nerd culture in that I don't think about zombie apocalypse situations very much because I'm not a fan of horror. So... But I have thought about this to a certain extent, and I think my one weapon would probably have to be a bow staff, because a bow staff is typically about six feet in length, so you still get a good amount of reach, a good amount of distance, and if you manage to whack them with the end, that is a fuck ton of force that's going to be coming down on a human body, yes, it is a zombie, but I mean, it's still a human body, and, you know, that much force can cause a significant amount of damage. You don't have to worry about sharpening it like a sword. You don't have to worry about reloading or finding more ammo like you would with a crossbow or a bow and arrows or a gun. Um, and it would be relatively simple to replace comparatively to said other weapons. So I would say in a zombie apocalypse, that would probably be my weapon of choice is a staff or a spear. If I can add some kind of spear point to the end so there can be some stabby stabby, uh, that would probably be uh, my weapon of choice. Also, I took some martial arts when I was a teenager and bow staff was one of the weapons that we were trained in so I would have more experience with it than the average person who would probably just use it like an extra long club which is not entirely effective So Donatello for the win, am I right? Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, I was sure. also never terribly much into the TMNT but yes Fair 
actually, I don't think you would even need, uh, like, a knife for Stabby Stabby. You just sharpen one end of the staff. Or, if it breaks, there you go. Yeah, that's true, that's true. I mean, sure, a sharpened wood isn't as effective as a sharpened steel, but if the sharpened wood ever gets dull, you can just, you know. Yeah, you're right. It's not that hard to, to whittle a new point in. And again, if you've whittled it down to the point where you've got more of a half staff or a quarter staff and you want something with more of a range again, you know, I mean, I live in the Pacific Northwest, so going out and finding a tree with a long enough, sturdy enough limb that you can cut another proper bow staff from it would not be that huge of a challenge. If I was back at Southern California, that would be a whole other kettle of fish. But yeah, yeah, you got a point there. Hey, and so does the staff. Point, but I'm too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean. So, I actually think one movie got this right, and the hilarious thing is it's a comedy, so you wouldn't think they would put that much thought in it, but Shaun of the Dead, the cricket bat. And there's actually a scientific reason for this. Ooh, yes, let's hear the science. Because if we're going by by just being reanimated dead, still rotting rules, my argument, because I use this argument... The cricket bat has enough surface. What's the term? Surface. Surface area. The, surface the area. flat. The flat part, right? Yeah, it has enough surface, surface area. area to do damage to the brain yeah. without the potential as the zombies get more squishy of disarming you. Yeah. Because if you and it's it's it also a solid weapon for at least maintaining distance because you still. I mean, you can't can still jab someone with it, push them, push them back. Well, I mean, those that and you are like two still... feet long or something. So yeah, yeah, and you could still wrap it with barbed wire, so make yeah. it even more lethal. And so, and, and also, also because of the surface area, it has more of the contact where you hit it, the more likely you are to bounce the brain around inside the skull and cause damage that way to um, lessen cognitive function. And let's be real here, how many of us fantasize about what we would do in a zombie apocalypse solely because we'd really, really, really like to beat the shit out of some idiots, but we know it's not socially acceptable, so if they're undead, then at least we can beat the shit out of them and not feel guilty. I cannot <laughs> oh, yeah, even describe how many apocalyptic scenarios... I will customer service for 14 years. I've got yeah. a shit ton of rage that I need yeah. to let out. That's fair. <laughs> I have yeah. to medicate my rage. Let's put it that way. I only worked six months at a it. pizza call center, so, you know. The, the, oh, problem, God. the problem with blunt weapons is that, you know, if you're dealing with a, a horde-type situation, uh, you can get overwhelmed to the point where you yeah. don't have to swing. Uh, you don't have room to swing, which, which is why uh, my, my chosen weapon combo is a baseball bat and a pitchfork. Oh, ah, you, yeah. you, you use the pitchfork to keep them at arm's length, uh, a nice headshot with the bat, and then extract your uh, pitchfork and on to the next one. Heck yeah. When I was a teenager, I also considered um, taking like a metal baseball bat of some kind, like aluminum, because it's nice and hollow, so it's really uh, easy to swing because I don't mm-hmm. have a lot of upper body strength, yeah. and figuring out a way to weld a shit ton of nails onto the end to turn it into like a mace. Oh, sure. That wouldn't be too terribly difficult. Mm-hmm. Well, well uh, drill press, you could make, you could do that pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, or, and I'm going to be taking some uh, soldering classes this quarter for my apprenticeship, so maybe I'll be able to figure out how to actually solder things to aluminum. I'm not sure how effective that easy. is. It's yeah. super easy. Um, I, I, I dare say using the drill press would be better because it goes through the bat. It would add, yeah. you get those really long, thick nails, yeah. or let's face it, tent spikes. Oh, um, yeah. As, as a former, boy, uh, former Cub Scout, uh, tent spikes. Um, so going through and then welding welding it on the two points where you know the base through the bat and then the side that's poking out of that thing ain't gonna go nowhere 
Yeah, and the main thing that I always considered with using like a metal baseball bat of some kind and then metal spikes of some type coming out is if it is a disease-based zombie apocalypse, because that's something that I've noticed never comes up in the zombie apocalypse discussions, is are we dealing with a magical-based zombie apocalypse or a biological-based zombie apocalypse? If it's a biological-based zombie apocalypse, therefore infection is an issue. If you start a fire after you've beaten the shit out of a whole bunch of zombies and you've got shit on the end of your bat, then you can pass it through the fire and heat it up to the point that you've disinfected the bat and now you can use it safely again or, you know, you don't have to worry about touching it and possibly cutting mm. yourself and getting the, the zombie shit in your bloodstream because you killed a bunch of zombies. Typically, oh, yeah. with the zombie apocalypse, the only option is to find the necromancer and kill them. Like, there's no point mm. in trying... Like, you have to kill the zombies to get to the necromancer, but... And you, you don't even need different weapons for it either. Yeah. Uh, that said, might I suggest heating the weapon before fighting the zombies? If you have time, obviously that would be ideal. But I was thinking more, you know, clean up. Yeah, sure. Afterwards. Um, um, but I, I, my brain suddenly went, hey, what if you heat up before you could cauterize the wounds? Things wouldn't splatter. True, but then the zombies might heal from it, maybe? I don't know how much healing one could do with it getting hit in if the chest with dead. a heated spike. Yeah, and and you're already it's dead, It's already too. dead. Um, and usually you have to get bit to become... At least they shouldn't be able to heal. Here, but here's it, the it, ironic it statement. It depends on, like... God, it, it depends on, like, so many scenarios and so many different variables. Or, like, yeah. Why are zombies yeah. even a thing in the false place? Uh, Th this is an thing. ironic uh, statement that I'm about to say in uh, something um, that was said earlier, and I wasn't l looking at to see whose uh, thing was spiking, so I don't know who said it. Um, I don't actually imagine zombie apocalypse scenarios because... I am not a horror person. I don't like the horror genre. I already like you, Eric. This is the first time we've met, and I already <laughs> like you. Let's hang out. <laughs> don't, well, don't, let him fool, don't let him fool you, River. He may not like horror, but he is very good at writing it. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Okay, so, um, Dan. <laughs> um, so, if you were a Peanuts character... Who would you be and why? Uh, I am almost certain I would be Linus. I dig it. Yeah. Why? Um, uh, I overthink things, and uh, I'm I'm too sometimes a little too interested in the philosophical implications of a thing, um, and I'll I'll you know hold forth at length uh, when. Uh, really, you know, maybe I should just like lend a hand with whatever it is. Um, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, I'm much, much more in my head than say Snoopy. Sure. It sounds like a much, uh, much more pleasant existence, honestly. Sure. Absolutely. I'm just going to ask you one more question just because sure. I picked out a lot. What is something bad that you did as a kid that your never your parents never found out about? Ooh, um, I started sneaking out of my house to well, theoretically it was to go stay over at my friend's house, but I was going to filthy warehouse raves a uh, hundred miles away from my house, uh, nice. spending nice. all my money on drugs. Oh, nice. Uh, and I am pretty sure they didn't catch me because they had caught me once before and it would have been really bad if they'd caught me again. So pretty sure I got <laughs> away with it all the other times. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I never got to experience rave culture while it was big. I wish I had been able to sneak out to go to raves. Well, yeah, I didn't I've get to experience them until Vegas. But <laughs> they were a good fucking time down in Vegas. I tell you what, that was a good time. 
So I feel you that I, I did sneak out, but I also lived in tiny ass motherfucking town in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming. And um, so we would just go out and get really drunk and then come home. But hey, I, I mean, same party ish, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, I get that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I mean, I think that was a big thing back, you know, around our days is that you had to you had to sneak out and experience that whole thing when you were a kid. My my parents had a weird rule that like I couldn't go to concerts uh, but but if I was playing a show that was okay. So uh, I wasn't like I you know I wasn't allowed to go to any big shows um, but my my band when I was 15 got booked at this uh, this horrible bar in San Francisco um that they just like they had uh tickets you know the that they used for drink tickets they had a whole wheel of those he'd oh, sure. guy would just pull on it until it hit the floor tear that off and like here's your drink tickets guys um <laughs> well i was getting shit hammered drunk at you know 15 hell uh, yeah and lighting myself on fire in front of adults and whatnot and then coming <laughs> home and my parents didn't suspect a thing I feel like you and I would have hung out a lot in those days, like around 15, 16, because my parents <laughs> did a lot of the crazy shit. Like, I stole Everclear from my grandparents' liquor cabinet one time. Holy shit! Yeah, there was a really real bad night, guys. <laughs> I am... I, I am... I hate that I'm going to say this, but I am the most innocent person here, I swear to God. And even <laughs> I know what Everclear is and why you shouldn't do that. <laughs> more yeah. than it was not like we had half the bottle and we were like 15 and Ooh. there was just three of us. A uh, little That's hospital you know, time. Yeah, we we hurt really bad the next day. <laughs> I was surprised we didn't kill each other. It was really bad. Good lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, those days. Oh, I grew up in the uh, well, high school is the '90s and early aughts. So that shit yeah, was. I was just a little bit before that, so this would this would have been like early mid '90s. Sure. Yeah. Oh, we. I still would have. We probably still would have hung out because, like, my town. I was hanging out with people that were like way older than me, and Chris. It was like so small because, yeah. It was bad. It was so bad. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that's all the questions I had for tonight. And um, I'm going to have to get another round of things together for this because this was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with this. And I hope you guys did, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice to be a yep. guest on Talk Anything with you. Yeah. Um, and you can find Eric and Sean on Dungeons and Pop. You can find Sean also um, on my show here on Talk Anything. You can also find him on Role Players with me playing Dogies and having a good old time. Well, shit, you were on there lots of times before I even got there, but that that's where you can find the two of us together <laughs> anyway. Um, you can find Sam and River on the Monster of the Week Extended Universe on the Role Players. Uh, you can find me on the main feed on Role Players, my Talk Anything with Cass. Um, oh my god, how many other shows do I have? Uh, three Besties and a Guestie. We're also releasing our audio shows um, already already we've got trailers out um and then uh follow wait and review anywhere you find your podcast oh also dan where can people find you yeah uh you can find me on twitter at professor plague uh and i'm also uh in pre-production on my own actual play podcast random encounters metadimensional travel guide uh and you can follow all of those doings at REM travel guide on Twitter. Awesome. Nice. I'm going to go do that right now. Also, if I may, mm-hmm. uh, not only can I be found on dungeons and pop, Oh uh, yes. I'm also, I am also a cast member on the earth dawn name givers podcast with Rob, um, who does the song birding podcast. Yeah. Where I play Gareth, the human gauntlet, which is a melee fighter. Oh, fun. Uh, 
very fun, very fun. Uh, I use the elements to inflict pain. Mmm. As a Wiccan, I approve. <laughs> oh, and Sean is also on Shrimp and Crits. And is there anything Wait, else I, I missed, Sean? Oh, no. It's or aren't you? Shurikens, Shurikens. and Shurikens. I'm sorry. But we we had Cap from Shrimp and Crits come in yeah, GM, yeah. right? That's right. That's yeah, right. That's he right. He has come on DMP. All are welcome. Our goal is to play with everyone. Yeah. Yep. We want to play with everyone, and we want everyone to have fun. It oh, was so much I still fun. need to come and guest on uh, DMP as well. If I don't plug this, my GM will kill me, and I apologize. Yeah, um, go for it. Not only am I found on Earthdawn, I am found on yet another podcast. Um, Tales of Adventure Agents of Boo, run by Dapper Wombat. Uh, really fun, really fun. We nominally started as a D&D 5e, but we're kind of transitioning into his homebrew kind of style of doing things. Um, for sake of ease, I will describe myself in D&D terms. I play a grave domain cleric. Cool. Who Those are my favorite. Guns. Oh, nice. <laughs> he, he, is that, he is that old western style shotgun cleric. <laughs> That's awesome. I'd Uh-oh. also like to add that you can find me on Twitch under River of Asgard. I mostly play uh, Stardew Valley, but recently I've been starting to do story times where I just read from some of the books I have on my shelf because um, I keep forgetting that reading aloud well is not a skill that everyone has so I figure um, I can share some stories with people so if you're ever interested in story time I am trying to do that on a regular basis, and you can just hang out and listen to me read a story in various states of sobriety and provide my commentary on said stories. Wonderful. All right, Sean, say something funny to to take us out. If you want to see something really funny, check out Sewers and Shulkins, because I'm basically playing a 13-year-old boy uh, turned into a turtle thinks he's Batman and I'm also a druid because I'm using the um, Kibble Tasty's former formerly alternate artificer now called the Adventure the Inventor's Gadget Smith with the uh, Druid of Spores (laughs) wonderful alright everyone have a great day blessed be bye Welcome to Starship Infinity. The year is 4756, and we left our planet, New Earth, to find a new inhabitable planet to hide from the evil intergalactic terrorist corporation that's trying to take over the universe. This corporation is called KBC Corporation. The ship is owned by Lucius, who owns Quantum Corp. We are headed on a journey that our master navigator has calculated that is going to take the ship 175 years to get to the next inhabitable planet, carrying 2,500 passengers. However, an electromagnetic force field has hit the ship, the navigation system is down, and there is damage to the ship. The androids maintaining the ship are hard at work trying to figure out what is causing the passengers to wake up. The captain and co-captain and a select few others have been woken to help the androids fix the ship. The master navigator, Aquamarine, figured out we only have been asleep 75 years and they are way off course. The mission now is to get the navigation system back up, fix the ship, and they can get the waking passengers back to sleep. Or can they find a closer planet? I guess we're going to find out. Welcome to Operation Starship Infinity.
Welcome to Follywood, California. It's always sunny and 75 degrees. Movie stars on every corner and sand between all your toes. You're joined today by a secret society show and they are hunting angels. Because they're evil. Oh boy, I hope I know what's gonna happen next. We've got Olivia. <sighs> I told you guys, I didn't want to actually fight the angels, but since we're here, I guess. We've got Daphne. Yeah, thanks for that, Daphne. And then we've got Jeffy, who is apparently uh, over there playing D&D with the boys. So, as we're here, we're gonna uh, say hello to everyone on the film set in Follywood, California. <laughs> <laughs> 